Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of Fine Delicate Media Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me and actually coming again. Um, I know it's been a little sporadic on the subjects that I've been talking about, but the whole goal of this podcast truly is to be transparent, not about my life and you know what's going on, but also things going on around the world that are affecting me in one shape or another, and just kind of sharing my own personal opinions and feedback. Now, if I sound a bit nasally, I will be very honest. I am recording this while I have been battling a flu bug. Yay me! Now, don't fret. I am absolutely okay, and I am on the mend. I just have a lot of congestion. But because of how I've been feeling and a lot of the more recent updates in my life, it did prompt me to switch things up and re-record this episode. Now, my main focus of this episode originally was to specifically focus on illness, sickness, uh, talking about the novel coronavirus, and just a few ways that we can, as a community, prevent the spread or at least ensure our health as much as possible. So I am still going to go over that. That is my plan. But I also did want to go over a few other subjects of um, just lessons learned and recent developments in my life. Because, I mean, let's be honest, isn't that why you're here? (laughs) So, anyway, to get things kick-started, a lot of recent updates, even as of this morning, have gone into the coronavirus, or also known as the novel coronavirus. I don't remember the exact CD Uh, numbers that they use, but uh, it's it's becoming a big deal. And I think a lot of it is due to the fact that there are so many thousands of people infected. And there's several thousand people that have died so far. Now, it appears to mainly um, the deaths have been stuck to mainly China. Um, However, there have been some deaths in Japan and a few other countries. Now, the reason this is becoming such a pandemic is because of the amount of people that it's affecting and the fact that many that were infected in China were leaving and coming to other countries, therefore spreading it. So CNN Today posted about an hour ago, actually, that it looks like basically the spread in the United States is inevitable. The best thing that we can do is prepare ourselves and do our best to either not get infected or at the very least, if we do get infected, making sure that we're as healthy and prepared as possible and try to prevent the spread further. So I did a little research on the CDC website and I just wanted to see what some of the things that they talked about some of the things that they recommended that folks should do. And so what I first started in is what some of the more typical, obvious symptoms were. And the scary thing about it is that it presents very much like the flu. You know, your typical headaches, body aches, um, stiff neck at times, and sore throat. But some other key factors that they did mention was the complete sense of fatigue, meaning you get a burst of energy for a moment. The moment you do anything, you are completely down and under. 
A few people also mentioned uh, nausea and major diarrhea. So if any of those specific symptoms are coming up, they do recommend you immediately take yourself to the hospital. Now, if you're not sick, but you want to know what can I do to prevent myself from getting infected, or if unfortunately you have been exposed and are infected, what can you do to prevent it further? So a few things recommended by the CDC. Top number one, wash your hands. In fact, a few of their sentences ended that term with an exclamation point, meaning it is of the utmost importance. Wash your hands. Now, I think this is so key because, and this is just from my own personal observations, I imagine all of us have seen this at least once. I've seen many people leave the bathroom doing all sorts of (laughs) things that you don't typically like to talk about going on in a bathroom, and they leave without washing their hands. Now, I have been guilty of this myself. I will be straight up. I have peed before in a rush and left, but I didn't wash my hands because I hadn't gotten pee on myself, (laughs) so I didn't feel super, super bad. However, at the same time, When I started reading articles about the spread of disease, the spread of bacteria and um, and viruses, it all stemmed from uncleanness in one way or another. Now, according for the coronavirus, another very big thing that they recommended, besides just washing your person, is washing your surroundings. So sanitizing everything. You can go to a freaking dollar store and get a packet of Lysol wipes, you know, disinfectant wipes. I highly recommend it. Go and get as many as you can. Um, Hand sanitizer is iffy just because it can also potentially kill the good bacteria, but at the very least, at least it will kill kill the bad bacteria as well. But definitely wash your hands, definitely wipe down and clean everything, like head to toe, every surface you can think of, anything and everything that you have touched. Now, another big thing that they recommended as well Obviously, if you're out in public and you're touching doorknobs and handles, countertops, your cards, if you're paying for money or doing cash transactions, touching things that definitely carry bacteria, what they recommend if you are not immediately able to wash your hands or sanitize is to make sure that at the very least do not touch your face. Under any circumstance, do not touch your face, especially your eyes, your nose, and your mouth, because that will also spread anything on that surface that you have come in contact with. So they did make that a very big deal. Um, They did also, if you want to check it out on their website and look for coronavirus, they did actually offer some information for those that are interested in purchasing some face masks. There are a lot of people out there already wearing them. They had some recommendations on specific ones that you should get. Um, Apparently there are a few that are just not as preventable as others, so they did put more specific higher recommended items 
on their website. So I do recommend checking that out as soon as you can. Um, But don't panic. The last thing that we need is an actual panic. As of right now, it's not like this is a 98% mortality rate. It's not at that point yet, but it's definitely spreading. So just by doing some of the few simple little tricks that the CDC has recommended will at least ensure that you are less likely to get it. It's not a 100% guarantee, but it's less likely as long as you're doing your best to keep your person and your environment as clean as possible. Now, I'm not really so much in a panic as of right now because I do have the cold right now. Now, obviously, it's a totally different strain altogether than what I have, but so far I've been doing good. Yes, a little tiny bit of fatigue, but way more energy. So, and I haven't had super high fevers. I haven't been, um, you know, having any sort of breathing issues other than just being plugged up and congested. I can breathe just fine. I can talk just fine. So it's not like I'm over here dying, (laughs) but it's still something that I'm glad I did the research. I am glad that I wanted to share this. I wanted to just get the information out there sooner rather than later. Now, I am definitely going to be honest here and transparent. I am not very good at these little transition things, and I didn't want to spend like half of our time just going over, ugh, I'm sick, and ugh, there's a disease out there, you know, so I just wanted to share a little tidbit of what I had learned a little bit ago, but I did also want to go into some more of happenings that I recently faced. Um, Now, quick little update, I am absolutely recording this in my closet, so hopefully the quality isn't just completely horrible. I'm uh, with my cats 24-7 now, so I just don't want their little cute meows in the background constantly. Uh, Unfortunately, my cat Shadow is an extremely vocal cat. Um, Sometimes it can be very cute. Other times it can be very annoying. Like in this case, if I'm trying to record a video or my podcast episode, (laughs) I definitely don't want any weird background noises. So... But right now, this is my temporary situation until I can come up with a more creative and better alternative. So with that said, if you hear me moving around, I apologize. (laughs) Now, what I wanted to next talk about, kind of staying on the subject of my cats, but more of to do with my living situation. I had originally mentioned that I was moving. However that situation changed last week, very quickly, might I add. Uh, So presented the landlord with my ESA paperwork. I mentioned this in my previous episode that I had turned Shadow and Mars into emotional support animals with the help of therapists. And she definitely put together a good letter just stating you know, where my emotional state of mind was at, the necessity for the cats, and the legal boundaries that that also fits within. So I was definitely hoping that I would be completely covered, and as it turns out, it was definitely not the case. Now, I think some of it was due to the fact that the landlord was not as well-versed on how ESA worked, what it meant, 
what the legal ramifications could be. So originally, it ended up being a very scary and awkward conversation, starting out with clear anger. Thankfully, not any raising of voices or getting in my face, nothing like that, but very obvious of his distaste and upset and angry and immediately started saying, well, I'm going to decline your application then. So immediately that put me into red flag. What are you talking about? I've already started moving stuff in. You know this. You okayed this. What do you mean you're rejecting my application? So I did my very best to stay as peaceable as possible, but not going to lie, I do have a case of I don't like injustice. And when I say it's a case, it's more of like it is a big pet peeve of mine. I cannot stand injustice, whether it's toward me personally or against someone I know, even against someone I don't know. I cannot stand injustice. Or, for that matter, when someone overreacts, meaning they react emotionally instead of logically. They basically react instead of stopping, thinking, planning, then responding. So it it definitely set me off and I had issues with wanting to just smack the crap out of him. And it was very hard not to immediately be that person that's like, well, I have legal rights because, well, let's face it, I do. Now, I don't want to spend too much time going about, you know, what the legal ramifications are or spending too much time talking about legalities as it can be a very tedious subject and not really for everyone. And honestly, I only know surface information, meaning I only know the basics of what I can do, what I can't do. I don't know all the ins and outs of everything there is to know, unfortunately. Um, But at the very least, the great thing about Google, you can look it up. (laughs) Now, in my case, his original and first reaction, very illegal. The whole point of an ESA like a service animal is that this animal, no longer a pet, but this animal has a purpose, has a medical purpose. In my case, for an ESA, it's emotional support. Whereas a service animal is in service of the person physically. So really, in reality, they're both the same. What separates the two is the fact that a service animal typically is going to be trained to help that person with physical things that they cannot complete on their own. Whereas an emotional support animal is specifically there for someone with mental or emotional ailments of some sort. Now, with all of that said, because they all fall under um, a special category within equal housing, um, they are no longer considered just a random pet that you can just get on a whim. Because of their medical necessity, they are almost in a way kind of seen as like an, an extra person living in your household. And therefore, unless the animal is a dangerous animal or an animal that the landlord or property manager is not able to accommodate in a proper way, like let's say you have a horse and you're trying to move into an apartment 
and it doesn't the apartment doesn't have enough land it would not make sense to tell the landlord well i have an esa so you have to accept me if they're not able to legally or properly give appropriate lodgings to that animal so in that case that would be a situation where the landlord could absolutely say no sorry i can't accept your esa with you um so either you can move in without them or you're gonna have to find a different place now if it's a case of like my situation where the landlord just really doesn't want pets doesn't want animals on the property doesn't really matter if I have legal paperwork saying that I can absolutely have this animal and they can in no way shape how you look at me, how you react to me, now you're discriminating against me because of these animals. And so that's where the legal ramifications come into play is with the discrimination aspect. Now, again, I, I did say a moment ago that it's most likely that he was just not well-versed in what an ESA is, how it works, and what what it all entails. And I did not, nor was comfortable giving him a legal lesson just because of the fact that I, I, I know enough, but I don't know so much that I could give him all the reasons why he can't do this and what all the illegal things that he's doing right now. And I also honestly am not I'm a very peaceable person I try to do my best not to get into confrontational situations if I'm ever in a situation where someone is confronting me whether deserved or not I just get very uncomfortable and so I prefer to step away from situations where there is potential of confrontation now if it's a situation where I have to for the well-being of a situation, then yes, I absolutely can confront. But my preference, personally, is typically going to be the high road. I apologize, even if it's not my fault, whatever the situation may be. Or like in this case, where I basically just took my leave, told him I understood his frustration, sit about, sit on it, think about it, and get back to me ASAP. So... He did send me a text later letting me know that, um, you know, he did some research, looked into some things, and realizes that he may have overreacted to the situation, and he still doesn't like the idea of having an animal, but in a temporary setting, he's willing to work with my situation. Now, I'm going to be honest, that really pissed me off, and... I think a lot of it is the fact that really in in a technical sense, there is nothing to work out. It is what it is. He has to accept it. He may not like it, but legally there's really nothing that he can do about it. And I think his response came from a realization after doing research that legally there is really nothing that he can do about it. So he was in the wrong legally. However, because I am that peaceable person... My mind immediately went to, okay, solution time. What can I do? How do I fix this? How do I resolve this in the most peaceable manner possible? What are my options? In the end, with all of this said, all of this done, I decided to just stay at my current situation, at my current apartment. They're already aware of my cats. They already know about the ESA. 
I've already established myself with them. I have great rental history. I've always been on time. I've never had issues. I've never been reported. Nothing. So I just have a great rapport with them. I was just honestly looking for a new situation, new surroundings, and potential to save money. But it is what it is. It is very evident in my opinion that this was just a situation that wasn't meant to be. And it also kind of gave me a clue on the type of person that he is. And so it, it just, um, it, it was definitely a good le- uh, lesson learned. Um, it, it also kind of in a way gave me an idea of what to expect. You know, I can't expect that every landlord, every property management is going to absolutely know what an ESA is. They should. It's a great idea to absolutely know everything, especially if you are going to have a property with no pet policy, you should know what are situations where someone can overcome this policy. So I was a little surprised that he was not aware of it, but not so much so that it was like, what do you mean? (laughs) So it is what it is. You know, it's, it's a situation. It's unfortunate, but It's not like I was out of a house, out of a home, living in my car. You know, I still had my original apartment. I was able to retract my 30-day notice. So at least, you know, I wasn't completely down and under. Um, Good situation either way. And the lesson was good. You know, it, it helped remind me that there's a time and place for everything. And that includes when to react and when not to. And I feel like this was one of those situations where it was better not to overreact, not to put my foot down, not to say, well, I have legal rights and get all hissy-fissy about it. You know, this was, I think, one of those situations where it was better for me to display patience, display understanding, and see where things go from there. And I felt really good about how I handled the situation. I don't sit back now looking at it thinking, man, I wish I'd said this or man, I wish I did that. I really feel very good about how the situation ended up. It was definitely stressful. I uh, I realized what the therapist meant when she said that I needed those cats <laughs> because my anxiety was through the roof. But in the end, it all worked out, and that's what matters most. So I just wanted to kind of share that. A lot of the reason why I wanted to share that, not only is just just kind of give everyone a little update into the SAV world, <laughs> but also um, I have had a few people reach out to me about ESA, wanting to know a little bit more information, how did I get where I got, um, what it took, what steps I had to take, and things like that. You know, just to get a little bit of a better understanding of what they could expect. So I did want to share it in case there's others listening that are considering it or maybe are ignorant to what it is. You know, it's it's a it's a situation that I don't think that applies to everyone's life. And I do think that there are some cases where it can be unfortunately abused. I think that's just how it is with a lot of um, provisions like this, you know, like section eight, um, coupons and just, just a lot of different things that are out there to try to help people, unfortunately gives room for others to come in and kind of abuse that option, but it is what it is. There's only so much we can do. So if you are considering, um, 
an ESA, you know, or, or, or if you already have a pet, but you're considering turning them into an ESA, if you have insurance or can get insurance, check out a therapist. Uh, you can even do a simple Google search for a therapist near yourself, look them up. Your boss might even, if you do have a job that pays for your insurance, you might even be able to um, talk to your boss, see if they have recommendations or know of some good therapists. And honestly, you can put out some feelers on Facebook or other social media platforms. That's actually what I did to find the therapist that I found. And I was a little iffy on the situation. Not that I'm against therapy because I do think that it has its place and I do think it can be very beneficial to folks that have a lot going on in their life. So even if the therapy is just in a more temporary situation versus a long-term situation, I think either side, it's a great idea just based on the very short, simple conversations that I've had. I didn't feel like a crazy person at the end. And I think that was a little bit of an internal fear that I had about having to talk to a therapist. I felt like I was going to be pulled apart piece by piece, analyzed, and looked at like, what a freak. (laughs) And so it just didn't sound very appealing. And just with the few situations that I'd heard about therapy, it was never in a good light. Um, Mainly, honestly, the exposure that I had to therapy wasn't even for an individual. It was usually like group therapy or couples therapy, which I'm sure everyone's thought, oh my God, therapy. Oh, (laughs) Bob and Jill are in therapy right now. Oh, they're definitely going to get divorced or break up, you know? So just that very little tidbit of information that I would hear out and about always put therapy kind of in a bad light for me. And so I was just very anti against it, even though in all honesty with things that I had gone through, unfortunately, in my younger years, it really should have been a must. And some of that I think also stemmed from unfortunate circumstances with um, CPS. Just, ugh, just very awkward and it's not easy to talk about intimate settings or situations with a complete stranger. They don't know you and you just feel so judged and naked and exposed in a way that is very uncomfortable. And so because of that, it took me up until recently to actually even explore the idea of a therapist. But again, I'm really glad that I did. And and for anyone who's considering it, I say go for it. I mean, worst case scenario, you get with a therapist one time and find out, you know what, it really didn't do a whole lot for me. It's just not for me. That's okay. But I am a firm believer in it's better to try and find out it's not for you than not to have tried it all and found out it would have been a viable option for you. So at least consider it, especially with nowadays mental health is such a big deal. When I say mental, I don't mean like you're psycho or you're a sociopath. And even if you are, a therapist can be a great amount of help for just all of us in small settings, in major settings, and anything and everything in between. So I'm I'm actually kind of proud of myself because this is another one of those 
taboo subjects. Not a lot of people like to talk about therapy, what they learn from therapy, what they talk about in therapy. Not that they should be forced to talk about it, you know, what what they're talking about in therapy, but at least talking about the experience of how they felt before, during, and after. I think talking about it is such a great idea, and I think all of us, or at least the ones that are involved in it, should talk about it more. I don't think that it should be a taboo subject. It's a fact of life. It may not be a good fact of life, but it's still a fact of life nonetheless. So it's definitely something that I really want to encourage everyone to talk about it more. Whether you are in couple therapy or in group therapy or in your own personal therapy with a therapist, I I think we should definitely make it a movement to talk about it more. Now, enough about therapy. I feel like it's a bit of a deep subject, and I didn't want to get into it too much, but I did still want to talk about it, as it is something that is affecting me, and I do know of some that it's affecting as well in a positive light. Now, that covers what I did want to talk about today, And I did want to say just a quick thank you to everyone. I haven't been the most on top of my podcast and I do feel bad. I think I have a little bit of a leeway just because of everything that I've been going through. It's it's made it very difficult for me to be able to sit down and pre-plan and put together a really great, you know, syllabus of sorts of what I want to talk about, bullet points and so forth. It, it takes a lot of effort to put together an episode like this. And not only just in a physical sense of preparation and planning, But when you are talking about more personal subjects, like my first episode was about divorce, a few others were about other just more random, you know, support local businesses and things like that. Now today is more of therapy and illness and prevention and things like that. They're very deep subjects. And for some, maybe it's very easy to be transparent. For others, like myself, it's not easy. And There's a lot of emotional steps that I have to go through in order to put together an episode like this. And I think a lot of it too is just the fact that when I'm presenting a subject like this, I don't want to be just ranting and rambling. I want to present some information in a way that's going to help someone. Even if it's one individual, even if I don't talk to you or know you personally, I want there to be some benefit to these episodes for someone and so I want to present it in a way that is going to help and give someone information that they can then take and insert into their life gain some sort of knowledge something that they can use in their life for their good or at the very least pass it on to someone else that could really use it so that's my that's my ultimate goal for this for this podcast is is to really just provide a community where people can talk about those subjects that aren't necessarily always the easiest to talk about but it be in a safe environment and also have something that they can go back to they can enjoy and learn from what I'm really excited about for my next episode just to give you a little 
kind of a sneak peek of sorts, I will be interviewing a very close friend of mine in an episode that we are going to talk about starting our own businesses, lessons learned, steps we took, good things and bad things that we went through, basically talking about entrepreneurship and and owning your own business. So I'm really excited. I will not name drop. I want it to be a surprise for everyone. But I'm super excited to get together with her and put together the recording for the next episode. So definitely stay tuned. I will keep you all apprised of when that episode will be released. There's a lot of things coming up in her life as well as mine right now. So I don't have an exact ETA on when we will be recording that episode, let alone releasing it but as soon as it is made available and we are ready to go I will definitely air that and make sure that she lets you folks know as soon um, as well so thank you all so much for all of the support I feel like I can't express enough just how much it means to me because this is not the easiest of things (laughs) putting yourself out there in such a vulnerable way but all of the support that I received has truly just meant so so much to me and I just really want to make sure I'm expressing as much as I can how much everyone means to me Um, even those of you that are new and this is your first episode of mine that you're listening to just having you listen having you hanging around I apologize for the random rambling at times (laughs) but I appreciate you listening nonetheless And as always, I always end every episode with this, if any of you have any recommendations, feedback, or requests on subjects, I would absolutely love to hear it. Uh, You can either message me on my Facebook page, you can look me up by Fine Delicate Media, or you can message me on my contact form on my website, or an additional option is if you would like to send me a direct email. My email address is a fine delicacy salve at gmail.com. I wanted to keep it short and simple. <laughs> so feel free to message me any way possible and let me know if you have any recommendations or requests. I appreciate you all so much and have an amazing rest of your day.